book of Matthew, chapter 7. Matthew, chapter 7. We will begin in verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. And on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. The second of our scripture readings is back in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse number 5. Paul says, Don't you remember that I told you about all this when I was with you? And you who know what is holding him back, for he can be revealed only when his time comes. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out in the way. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for a chance to come to church today. Lord, we thank you for a chance to come into your house uh, and sing your praises, Lord, and, and learn something from your word that would be able to be put on our own hearts. Lord, something that would uh, change the way we live, change the way we think. Lord, that it would be more in line with you. Lord, we ask that you would watch over each and every one of us here today. Lord, uh, alleviate any kind of anxiety that we bring with us today that we may be able to focus on you. And Lord, as we look around in our society today, as what Pastor Doug will be preaching about, Lord, with all this lawlessness, with, with people at each other's throats, it seems, at every corner, Lord, we pray that you would just give us strength today. Give us your wisdom and your strength. Lord, that we may stand on your truth and love. Lord, that we may take this uh, and, and go into our communities and into our lives throughout this week, Lord, and we may be able to show the light that is you. Lord, we ask you bless the rest of this service, Lord. May it be a, a blessing to us and may it be music to your ears. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we begin our journey on this morning's subject, I wish to give to you some extra announcements that I originally forgot. The first one is that, gentlemen, in accordance with last weekend, our study guide that coincides with the Word of God is available in the back on a table to my left. There are 60 copies there. Make sure you take one and plan on gathering with us in the fellowship hall this Saturday at seven o'clock. Now I know it is 4th of July weekend, I got that. And some of you have plans and you're not gonna be here. I understand that. But please take one of those manuals. It's entitled Kingdom Man Rising. Take one, and if you would be so kind as to read the introduction of it 
to prepare for Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. And so we begin our journey together as becoming the men of God that God desires for us to be. Other announcements is Fred Phillips. Some of you most likely have received the prayer chain. Uh, he did not have a stroke. They don't know exactly why he fell. All of his vital signs are good, and yet he is still in the Evan Hospital as they continue to do tests to try to find out what caused him to, to fall. They found him, I believe, in, on, uh, outside on the lawn yesterday and rushed him to the hospital. But so far, uh, everything that they've thought has come back negative. So pray for uh, uh, Fred and the family. And along with that, Erin Phillips, too, has been struggling with uh, an infection in her middle ear that's causing great dizziness. So be in prayer for those two situations. And then, of course, our country. Um, I don't want to bust your bubble. I am thankful. And I did praise God and still am praising God that the Supreme Court decision they made has been put back onto the states. But the battle's not over yet, ladies and gentlemen. It's not finished. In fact, in, in many ways, it's become now more centralized in our own area. And if you've been watching some or listening to some of the newscasts, we even have some of our servants in Washington, D.C. who are outright calling for lawlessness in the streets. They want individuals to riot in the streets. So what is going to be our response? That is the theme of this morning. But we feel before we get to the theme, we need to go to the throne. Let's pray together. God, this is not an easy study. We too often are like ostriches. When danger arises, we have the tendency to try to bury our head and hope that it doesn't affect us, but it has affected us. The most recent decision, I want to praise you, God, that the Supreme Court, to those who call them the Supreme Court, has made the decision to overturn that which was a bad law from 49 years ago. And they've put it back into the states. And now, we are faced with what seems to be organized rioting. Where individuals who are to be our servants now seem to be raising the banner of lawlessness. Take to the streets. 
get the names of the justices and go and riot in front of their houses. Lord, this is the society we live in. So what are we to do? I trust as we investigate your word in these areas that we would be awakened to what your disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, those who claim the grace of God in their lives would be awakened to our responsibilities. And we dare not forget those who cannot be with us this morning, whether through illness, whether through other family commitments. Lord, I pray and lift them up to you and ask that your will would be done and those individuals who are facing health situations Lord, I ask that you would direct and guide the doctors, the physicians, and maybe the tests that need to be done, but also, O oh Lord God, where what they cannot do, I know that you can. Our dear brother Fred, we lift him to you, O oh Lord God, and ask that the continual searching through tests would give to the physicians an answer of why Fred found himself on the ground yesterday. I pray, I pray that you would give them clarity of mind and also, O oh Lord God, direct them to the area that needs to be done in order to bring about the help that Fred needs. We lift up to you, Aaron, also, and God, we... I personally understand, and I'm sure there are others in this congregation that understand what vertigo can do. Hers, apparently, is caused by an infection in the nerve of the inner ear. Even though antibiotics and such are part of the regiment, Lord, I pray that your hand would touch her today. And give to her, O oh Lord God, the, the calm assurance of knowing that all things are well, you are in control. I do pray for our country. The command from your word tells us that we are to pray for those who are in authority over us. Oh God, I pray that your word would become rampant in Washington, D.C. I ask that there would be a witness of your very power in the lives of those of our servants who are there, whether in the Senate or the House of Representatives, that they would be able to stand forward and say, thus saith the Lord. Pray for their courage, protection, and I pray, God, that your word, your word and your will would be brought forth. I pray that, Lord, the gospel of Christ would find a new freedom as there is clamoring and rioting in the streets. Oh, God, I pray that your gospel 
would bring about a peaceful resolution. An understanding that life comes from you. And the taking of life is a very desecration against you of who you are. So God, I pray and ask for your direction today. These are more than slides on the screens. They're more than statements or sentences that are brought before us. This is the plight of our society today. And so make us aware, make us available of what we need to do as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. May we take a stand. May we, O Lord God, even from our local community, may we proclaim from the rooftops and from the hills that are around us, our God reigns, and thus saith the Lord. And may there be an outpouring of your spirit, O Lord, where souls would come to know you, that by the grace of your word, for it is the grace that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. May that be an outpouring of souls coming to know you. For we have the answer. We have the remedy. We have the proof. And so God help us. Help us to take a stand. Not brashfully, not boastfully but as children of God. May the same power work in us as it worked in the 12 disciples who turned the world over, turned it on its ears, all for the gospel of Christ. And so, Lord, you lead and direct us this day. And I'll be careful to praise you and thank you in your name. Amen. This morning, I want to begin by reiterating a couple of verses from the Old Testament that sort of set the stage for our thinking this morning. In Judges chapter 21 and verse 25, it says, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. In Proverbs 29 and verse 18, it says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In the passage of Proverbs, that word revelation literally means a word from God. In other words, when God's word is put away, the people will cast off restraint. And we're seeing that even in our own society today. Nathan, are we there, buddy? Working on it. Good. You keep working, I'll keep talking, and hopefully we'll connect sometime. How's that? Our series is The Death of a Nation. And this morning, I want to begin the series with a heading of 
the social decay, the crisis of lawlessness. If you could go to slide number five, that would be great, Nathan. There you go. Good. The crisis of lawlessness. We first need to understand what is the definition of lawlessness. What are we talking about? Well, in the scriptures, the term lawlessness comes from the Greek word that in many places is translated iniquity. In other words, no equity. No truthfulness, if you will. Iniquity is best described as sinful desire that rejects the law of God as well as the will of God by substituting the will of self in each situation. Again, Judges chapter 21 verse 25 comes into play where it says everyone does what is right in their own eyes. Lawlessness is not simply that of doing what is unlawful, but of flagrant defiance of the known will of God. That's why I quoted for you Proverbs 29:18, where there is no revelation, where God's word is diminished and dismissed, then people cast off restraint. So what is inferred in this definition is the continual desire to usurp the authority of God with the desire to do wickedness. That's the definition that we're looking at when we're talking about lawlessness. But there are three passages that I want to call your attention to that make us aware of the manifestation of lawlessness. Pastor Steve read both of them, but I have another one. The first one is in Matthew 7, 23, where it talks about lawlessness is the manifestation of actions of individuals. You might remember as Pastor Steve read them, they began to say, but we did this, but we did this, but we did this. And Jesus said, well, depart from me, you workers of, in one text, it's lawlessness, could be iniquity, or it can be disregard of God. They, it was the practice, if you will, Notice the wording, you are practicing lawlessness. The third one under this is the word practice is understood to be a desire or wanting of committing acts that are contrary to the word and will of God. The second is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 7 where it talks about the mystery of lawlessness, a mystery. Notice, but the phrase, it says that the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. It is in our society. Lawlessness isn't something new. It has begun as even the Apostle Paul has said, even during his time, that it is already at work. The hearts of men... Maybe we should draw our attention to the fact of what Jeremiah tells us in Jeremiah chapter 17. 
that the heart is exceedingly wicked. And who can know it? And so there always has been this mystery which is already at work. But what is evident in our society today, but there will be a greater display of lawlessness when the restrainer is removed. Now you're all wondering, at least I hope so, that you're wondering who's the restrainer. Just take my word for it, Holy Spirit. When Holy Spirit is gone, lawlessness is going to be widespread even to an extent that you can't even begin to imagine what it's going to be like. And then when that which seems to be hidden will be in full view as the forces of evil will be allowed to do their bidding on this earth. The third passage, though, I want to draw your attention to, which Pastor Steve, I didn't have him read it, is 1 John chapter 4 and verses 1 through 3. The passage does not mention the word lawlessness, but I need to make you aware of where lawlessness comes from. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, notice in verse 3 it says, And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now in the world. The spirit of Antichrist. Now what is John talking about well, John references the fact of Antichrist is, is that was anyone who does not believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so when he's talking about the spirit of Antichrist, it literally he's referring to a system where there is no regard at all for the person of Jesus Christ as well as for the words of Jesus Christ. And so in both passages of 2 Thessalonians and 1 John, we see that the workings behind lawlessness is empowered by Satan himself. And so there are evidences of such workings. And I found an interesting article from the Daily Wire that comes out of Philadelphia. I wanted to stay close. When I did my research for this particular presentation, I didn't want you to, to know what's happening in LA. That's bad enough. We need to stay close to home because if we only think of LA, we figure, well, I'm about 3,000 miles from there. That don't bother me. But this is in Philadelphia. Notice what it says. In 2001, Philadelphia set an all-time record for homicides with more than 550 Pennsylvanians killed in that city last year alone. Since 2015, just 21% of shootings in the city have led to criminal charges. And of the 21%, less than 10, less than one-tenth of the cases have resulted in a conviction. How did we get 
to this place. Well, in December 4th, or December of 2001, the district attorney of Philadelphia stated this. This is his own quote from the Daily Wire when he says, we don't have a crisis of lawlessness. It's a crisis of gun violence. Someone help me. What's the difference? What's the difference? You notice the play on words. If we get rid of guns, we'll get rid of violence. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. What's also interesting, there's, this is a direct quote from the Daily Wire. That as the DA of Philadelphia was making this statement, this is what happened that same day. His comments come from the same day that Philly police released surveillance video showing three teens they say are suspects in an attempted robbery of a 70-year-old man inside a fashion district in a bathroom last week. When the man said he didn't have money, police say the teens hit him in the head and face and requiring him to get stitches. What this quote doesn't tell you is those three teens are still on the streets. They were released. In an interview with Representative John uh, Katko from New York's 24th District, he was interviewed February the 1st, 2022, by Fox News. And this is some of the highlights of that interview. Representative Katko said this, before I went to Congress, I was an organized crime prosecutor for 20 years with the federal government. He said, I would take one cop with 10 years experience over three cops that are new to the force. The atmosphere that's been created here, while we're dissipating the ability of cops to do their job and vilifying Cops is causing them to leave and retire in record numbers. That is going to have a profound long-term effect in this country because the brain drain of losing these police officers to retirement or resignations is going to have major problems forward. Defund the police? Really? That's your answer to lawlessness? He goes on to say, we need more cops on the street. We need to give the cops the ability to do their job. But notice what he says, but when you have woke district attorneys, now you're kind of wondering, no, these aren't people who just woke up. This is a thought process of what is presently referred to in the teaching of our society that your skin color is what matters the most. Not the character, not your actions, but your skin color. 
when you have woke district attorneys and when you have state legislators passing law and making it more difficult for cops to do their jobs, and that makes people apologists for criminals, you're going to have this atmosphere that you have now where lawlessness pervades. The time is slipping away from us. But the issue that lies before us is this. Even more recently, in an article from One American News, six major U.S. cities are set to surpass the record violent crime rates that were set in 2021. The six cities are this, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, and New York City. So where, how have we fallen? How quickly we have fallen? Let me remind you of what it once was, Judeo-Christian concept. It is this. In days past, I hear the statement, in the day. Well, in the day, regardless of age, race, religion, or national origin, there was an understanding that the United States, this was to be a Christian nation. How many of you remember that from your school days? This was a Christian nation, supposedly. While there was to be an absolute freedom of religion, there was nevertheless a code of laws based on the Judeo-Christian principles. And if I can reiterate to this, according to the word of God, the Ten, the ten Commandments that God gave to Moses were upheld as being law of the land. There was a day when you couldn't go to McDonald's on Sunday because there was no McDonald's on Sunday. You want a hamburger? Mom's got to fix it in the kitchen. All we used to do, if there was enough gas in the vehicle, because you couldn't go to a gas station either, you'd go visit family. And you'd be with friends. And you talked about life. The concept of original sin was essential because the knowledge that man is inherently corrupt helped us to understand that men and women are capable of wrongdoing by nature. Restraint and discipline were necessary to keep people working together for the common good. I had a homeroom teacher. Now this is going back a few years. Some of you would understand. I had a homeroom teacher who would just as soon cuff you side the head than to hear you say whatever. After she got done cuffing you, she sent you to the principal who was waiting for you. 
because they had intercom phones that they pick it up. And, and, and she said, I'm sending Doug Wigand to the office. I never had to go, by the way. I just want to let you know. <laughs> because I knew if I was sent to the principal's office, I had to go home to my dad, who didn't put up with nonsense. Bless the Lord. So there were restraints that were put. There were no such thing as cat boxes and litter boxes in school. Only if your homeroom had a pet rat running around in a wheel. Good Lord, have mercy. Don't get me going on that. Without apology, the law prescribed and exacted appropriate punishment for those who chose to break the law. Something happened. As early as the 1970s and on forward, there was a theology of humanism. The theology of humanism says this. It's a new wave of liberal thinkers had another vision for America. They set about to dismantle the old ways and to challenge the notion that we are born sinners. They said, thus, the indication of what is referred to as humanism. Consequently, Modern secular sociology turned away from the Bible as an invaluable standard in favor of a new evolutionary hypothesis based on the theories of Darwin, Freud, Einstein, and others. They assumed the view that man is a noble savage. Those two words don't even belong to each other. A noble savage. Oh, so we only, well, their task was to free man from his chains, and in so doing, they subscribed to the idea that man had evolved from the slime, and that with time and ever greater freedoms, he would someday ascend to the stars. Lord have mercy. Suddenly, those who committed crimes were not sinners. They were but victims of society. And as a result, every sort of deviant behavior and every pathology is excused as diversity or an alternate lifestyle. It, you don't have to go back too long to remember the trial of the Menendez brothers in California. You younger punks, you have no idea what I'm talking, excuse me, not punks. You younger sinners, you got no idea what I'm talking about. The Menendez brothers were from an upper class lifestyle in California. And because mama and daddy wouldn't give them what they wanted, they took a shotgun 
emptied six shells into the lives of both mom and dad, and then they reloaded and did it again. Their trial came up. And in the trial, they blamed the parents instead of the actions of the boys. They weren't set free. I believe that they are still incarcerated. But at that time, the California law demanded their lives. But the lawyer manipulated, and now they just sit in prison. That's just a microcosm of what's happening in our society today. Laws don't mean punishment anymore. And, and now you're just going to have to excuse me, I can't let this go. When our servants in Washington, D.C. are calling for riots in the streets, they need to be prosecuted. They need to be put in prison. Here they're holding a trial. This is going on on the church's website, so expect that maybe someday, honey, FBI are coming to the house. Have cookies ready. <laughs> they're holding a trial right now in order to destroy a man that they said incited a riot into the Capitol building at the time of the election on January the 6th. And yet they can say what they want to incite riots and they go free. Lawlessness. But what are we to do? Yes, we need to scream. <laughs> we need to proclaim from the rooftops. Thus saith the Lord. As disciples of Jesus Christ, what are we to do? Well, number one, we have the biblical duty of praying for the nations and their leaders. We need to have you here Tuesday evening to pray. We have an opportunity as citizens of not only just the United States, but of Pennsylvania itself to eradicate the needless and sinfulness of destroying unborn babies. Seeing it's been brought back to the states, let's take charge. Unfortunately, as you may very well have already heard, our governor of the state wants to keep Pennsylvania open for whoever needs to have an abortion to come. There are also businesses that are willing to pay for anyone who is arrested in a riot, pay for their bail to get out. We need to pray. Call down the power of God as a body. Service Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, right here. Secondly, 
In our prayers, we need to pray for peace, for self-control, for a renewal of law and order. Thirdly, get involved by writing and calling those who serve us in the political arena. Government will only make appropriate changes when we, the people, force them to do so. And I'm not calling for violence here. You can call, you can write our servants and remind them that their position doesn't come from man, it comes from God. And ultimately, they will have to answer to him. Romans chapter 13. If they'll let you stay long enough, read the whole chapter. It informs them that their responsibility comes from God. And they need to answer to him. But also to respectfully inform them that you're a voter. And that's the fourth one. Vote. We still have that right to vote. And we vote according to the principles of the word of God. We need to vote. So where are we going with this? Well, as a under-shepherd of the true shepherd, I am called by the word of God and the will of God. Oh, I almost, just a minute, I forgot something. That I am responsible for making you aware of what is happening. Here's a quote from Oz Guinness in his book, The American Hour, when he writes this. A generation that fails to read the signs of the time may be forced to read the writing on the wall. Paul says it a little bit differently. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's our call. That is our mandate. To glorify the Lord God, not just in our own personal lives, but also making him known in the society around us. May we stand, please, for the benediction.